Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Derek Izzy Show. It's good to be back for another month of education where we make history his story. Here on the Derek Izzy Show. If you'd like to contribute to the success of the show, please visit one of the links on DerekIzzy.com. We have the links of all of our sponsors. As you know, sponsors do tend to change from year to year. And we keep an updated set of links on DerekIzzy.com. The sponsor of this month's show, BetOnline.ag. If you want to bet on football games, we got college football that's going on right now. We've got the NFL going on. You can bet on games. You can win money. But if you click on that link at DerekIzzy.com, you can get a 50% match on your initial deposit. What that means is as a loyal listener to the Derek Izzy Show, when you click on that link and let's say let's say you make a $500 deposit into your account, well, Bet Online will give you an extra $250 just for being a loyal listener to the Derek Izzy Show. So click on that link, get your money, and start playing. The purpose of Serial was to stop people from masturbating. Back in 1863, James Jackson, a vegetarian, very religious person, he ran a sanitarium in western New York. Now, before you go and think, sanitarium, that's where all the crazy people go. No, not not really. Back then, uh, the sanitarium was just a place where you would go to heal. It didn't mean you were insane at all. But most sanitariums were run by very religious people. James Jackson was one of them. And on this day, back in 1863, he used graham flour dough dried it, broke it into shapes, soaked it in milk, and called it granula. Around that same time, there was a surgeon working in a facility in Michigan who created a similar product, and he named his granola. Back in the late 1800s, there were lots of experiments going on. Maybe you've heard of the Seventh-day Adventist Church founded by Ellen and James White. One of the followers of this religion was a family by the name of Kellogg, John Harvey Kellogg and his brother Will Keith Kellogg. Having been brought up in a very religious and very strict environment, the Kelloggs came from Battle Creek, Michigan. It was there that John became the superintendent of the Health Reform Institute. Even back before this time, the Native Americans found a way to make ground corn palatable. 
they would create grits. Now, grits are known as a popular food in the South, but they never really took off as a staple in the northern part of the United States. And this is where the Kellogg brothers come in. After the creation of granola, John and Will worked together and they created a flaked cereal known as cornflakes. John Kellogg, having done some training at Bellevue Hospital in New York City, working on his granola, one of the ideas that he had to promote good health was having a healthy breakfast. At this facility in Michigan, the patients had grown to accept that a regular breakfast has ham, eggs, sausages, fried potatoes, pancakes, biscuits, and coffee. But the people that were frequenting this sanitarium were often very wealthy. And that's where John Kellogg started experimenting with his granola product. His very strong religious ties encouraged him to come up with a very bland, vegetarian breakfast item. Working with his brother to promote their cornflakes idea, they mixed it with sugar and started marketing it to a national audience. One of their patients, Charles W. Post, he noticed this. In the 1800s, he was a patient at the sanitarium. He was very impressed with this all-grain diet being pushed by John Kellogg, and when he was released from the sanitarium, he started experimenting with grain products of his own. He came out with an all-grain coffee substitute called Postum, and in 1898, he introduced the cereal called Grape Nuts, a cereal that to this day is still sold on the shelves of your local grocery store. After his death, his legacy would go on to be bought and sold by several other companies. In 1877, there were a lot of German and Irish immigrants coming through the United States. The idea of using a Quaker symbol as a marketing tool for breakfast cereal seemed like a good one. John Stewart decided to use this. He came up with some ideas, consolidating his processing steps, and he launched his cereal with a company known as the Consolidated Oatmeal Company. And they would form a company called Quaker Oats. As the popularity of cereal would grow across the United States, other companies started to form. In the 1920s, a health clinician accidentally spilled a wheat bran mixture onto a hot stove, creating what would become the Breakfast of Champions, Wheaties. Soon after this, Rice Krispies would make its debut, introducing us to the characters Snap, Crackle, and Pop. These popular breakfast cereals would take the prizes at the World Fair, with Mr. Kellogg taking the lead. The next big cereal manufacturer would be General Mills. In 1921, James Bell, president of the Minneapolis wheat milling firm, started to experiment with rolling wheat flakes. After steaming, tempering, cracking wheat, and processing it with syrup, sugar, and salt, it was then placed into a pressure cooker, rolled, and then dried in an electric oven. By 1925, Wheaties had become the breakfast of champions. Celebrities started to endorse these products. Athletes started endorsing Wheaties. Athletes like Jack Dempsey from our Tarzan episode 
Johnny Weissmuller. I'd encourage you to go back and download that Derek Izzy Show episode called Tarzan Swims, published on March 1st, 2015. That was actually one of our higher rated episodes. Check it out, Tarzan Swims, March 1st, 2015. Learn all about Johnny Weissmuller. In the 1930s, the Ralston Purina Company, they introduced us to a form of wheat checks. It was called Shredded Ralston. This product was created with the intent of feeding the followers of Ralstonism, which will be the topic of a future podcast. In the 1940s, cereal evolved with the invention of a product called Cheerio Oats, then renamed Cheerios. Later on in 1979, Honey Nut Cheerios was released. In the 1950s, Tony the Tiger would make his debut, and television advertising would take over the cereal world. Many of these characters were phased out shortly after they were introduced, but some of them are still around today. Katie the Kangaroo, no longer around. From the 1960s, there was Quisp, a pink-skinned alien in a green jumpsuit. In this series of commercials... He would fight his rival, the Minor Quake. Cap'n Crunch would make his debut. Into the 1970s, fruity flavors started to become popular. We have the introduction of Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry. The famous Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles would come out in the 70s. As well as a look from the Federal Trade Commission at how cereal products were being marketed to children. That brings us into the 1980s, where Mr. T would have his own cereal. Some of you remember Mr. T, one of the icons from the 80s. Mr. T would pity the fool that didn't eat his cereal. In fact, there are still commercials from Mr. T's cereal that you can see online. Here's one right now. I know Pooh, and Pooh's teaming up with a good balanced breakfast. Teaming up with Mr. T's cereal, it's getting on the team, the team that knows how cool breakfast can be. You get a crispy corn taste with a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T, it's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T, golden sweet crispy teas. One bite and you're gonna be eaten with the team that's teaming up with Mr. T, it's cool. Some video games would come in in the 80s with Donkey Kong cereal, Smurf Fairy Crunch, Cabbage Patch Kids cereal. We would also see the debut of the California Raisins. They were promoting post-Raisin brand cereal, which you will hear in this commercial. Everyone dreams of making it big, even raisins. And the big dream shared by every raisin is to be big enough for post-Raisin brand. But for post, only one kind of raisin is plump enough, sweet enough, big enough. It's the California Raisins. Those super big superstars from the San Joaquin Valley. The only raisins big enough with the crispy flakes and post. Post raisin brand with a California Raisins. Because big raisins make a big difference. In the 90s, the organic food movement would start to take over the cereal industry. Puffins was a molasses-sweetened corn cereal that took off out of Northern California with the natural and organic food industry. After the year 2000, Kellogg's would take over the Kashi line. Kashi is a famous 
natural and organic cereal, promoting the new healthy lifestyle, which cereal always seemed to be a part of at the very beginning, promoting a healthy lifestyle, and now 150 years after the invention of granola, we have cereal still being marketed as a healthy diet, free of genetically modified organisms, free of gluten, whole grain. Having a grain-based diet was always something that was considered healthy and really seemed to be the root of the cereal movement. But one cannot discuss the evolution of cereal without speaking of the infamous Google search when you ask Google, why were cornflakes invented? John Kellogg really pushed a simple, pure, and unstimulating diet. His religious upbringing and strict adherence to his Christian beliefs were really a core part of his life. But this Google search seems to have emulated from a 2018 article on the Australian news website news.com.au, which stated that Mr. Kellogg invented cornflakes in 1878 in the hope that plain food would stop people from masturbating. They claim that cornflakes was marketed as a healthy, ready-to-eat, anti-masturbatory morning meal. Upon researching this, as we do successfully here on the Derek Izzy Show every month, that phrase was never actually used by Mr. Kellogg in any of his marketing materials. Cornflakes was always promoted as nutritious and healthful. Cornflakes was often touted as something you could eat no matter how much you decided to devour that day. It was still healthy. If you go back to Mr. Kellogg's patent application, he emphasized the health food benefits, describing his cornflakes as a well-adapted product for sick and convalescent persons. Now, Kellogg was a medical doctor and really a reformer in his ways of thinking, especially with his views on sexual health. He really was against all forms of sexual activity. He even spoke out against sexual activity between married couples in his book, Plain Facts for Old and Young, Embracing the Natural History and Hygiene of Organic Life. Interesting book if you get a chance to check it out online. He viewed the topic of masturbation as self-pollution, described it as the most dangerous of all sexual abuses. Now, he did believe that one of the cures to get people to stop masturbating was having a good, healthy diet, one that was simple, pure, and unstimulating. He once said, A man that lives on pork, fine flour, bread, rich pies and cakes and condiments, drinks tea and coffee and uses tobacco, might as well try to fly as to be chased in thought. So clearly he did have some strong views, but cornflakes was not an anti-masturbatory product. Mr. Kellogg lays out five recommendations for a simple, pure, and unstimulating diet, which are actually pretty useful. Step one, never overeat. He said gluttony is fatal to chastity, and overeating will be certain to cause emissions with other evils in one whose organs are weakened by abuse. Eat only twice a day. If the stomach contains undigested food, the sleep will be disturbed, dreams will be more abundant, and emissions will be frequent. 
Don't eat stimulating food. Spices, pepper, ginger, mustard, cinnamon. Don't drink stimulating drinks. Wine, beer, tea, and coffee should be taken under no circumstances. The influence of coffee in stimulating the genital organs is notorious. Chocolate should be discarded also. And lastly, he says eat and drink plain and bland food and drinks. He advises you to eat fruits, grains, milk, and vegetables. They are wholesome and unstimulating. Graham flour, oatmeal, and ripe fruit are the indispensables of a diet for those who are suffering from sexual excesses. So there you have it. While cornflakes was created as a bland and healthy diet food, it was not created to stop masturbation. This has been another episode of The Derek Izzy Show. Thank you for listening as we explore some of the more interesting and diverse topics in American history. Want to remind you, please write a five-star review. That is really awesome when you guys take the time just to write a 30-second review. Give us five stars on iTunes. Share the show with a friend. Get the word out. Our Facebook group is back up now, so all the episodes of the show are carried on the Apple Podcast app. It's on Spotify, and it's on the Derek Izzy Show Facebook group. And don't forget, DerekIzzy.com is the home for all of the sponsors of the Derek Izzy Show, including this month's sponsor, BetOnline.ag, where you can get your 50% matching funds on your initial deposit. Just use the link on DerekIzzy.com. So back from exploring the history of cereal, you can tune in next month because now you know the rest of the story. Next month's episode will be about a massacre that occurred in the United States that very little is known about. So tune in for that. Good day.